Welcome to the Comic Syllabus Podcast, a comics analysis podcast where we read widely and we dig deep in the world of comics and graphic novels. Today on the Comic Syllabus, Johnny and Paul talk about the Dawn of X comics, the mutant uh, uh, adventures of <laughs> Jonathan Hickman and company's uh, uh, line of mutant books, of X books, uh, right now, uh, you know, blowing up Marvel Comics. And uh, today we will explore all of the titles in the Dawn of X so far and give us a little bit of a lens, a perspective, a little bit of theory, just a, just a little smattering of theory <laughs> to, uh, to tiny bit to give us some perspective on those books, um, as well as talk, talking, of course, as always, about what we're reading in comics. Uh, Johnny, how are you doing? Doing great, Paul. How are you? I am well. I am recovering from a cold that had me knocked out. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but... Uh, a little bit. I can hear it. Yeah. 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 Got, well, I'm glad, glad you're back up on your feet. It was a busy time um, to catch up, but I, I admit, I, I, you'll hear later, I did steal a little bit of comics reading time into there, so... Can't complain Great. about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same here. I've been busy reading yeah. comics. <laughs> busy reading comics. It's a weird phenomenon. The busier I am in life, sometimes, like without realizing, I look back and I go, oh, wow, I actually read more than, than usual. Um, there's something about what, what I'm doing when I'm reading comics that is unpacking my id. I don't know. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we are uh, part of the Multiversity Podcast Network, and uh, we are, uh, you know, we live at multiversitycomics.com, where you can find news and reviews and interviews and all kinds of good comic stuff, um, as well as our other podcasts, which you will hear from in our commercial break. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> we just want to invite you to subscribe and rate and review us um, as a podcast and, and just get the word out. Um, interact with us also on Twitter and uh, Facebook and Instagram. And, all our handles and stuff like that are there in the show notes. Um, so uh, we'll take a break, Johnny, and then you and I will talk a little bit about what we've been reading lately. Uh, and then let's dive into a segment that we're going to call segment um, discussion. I don't know what it yeah. is. <laughs> maybe it will live on. Maybe we'll, it will. Multi-part series. Multi-part And maybe it will, it, will, it will get killed and reborn. Um, <laughs> that we are calling Carnival X, which is our... You, you know, we'll, we'll shed light on that a little bit later. Um, our way of thinking and talking about the Dawn of X books. I'm excited. Can't wait. All right. Stick, stick around. We'll be right back. Hello, everybody. My name is Mike. And I'm Greg. And together we are Robots from Tomorrow, a twice-weekly podcast appearing at MultiversityComics.com. Each week we take some time to check out books and shelves on Wednesday that are worth your attention. And each month we dissect the previous catalog. We also have long-form discussions about books we've enjoyed, like Dan Clow's Ghost World and Jack Kirby and Mike Royer's Commanding. And if that's not enough, we also do creator interviews. Some of the talks you'll find in our archives feature Mike Mignola, Leila Del Duca, Sean Martinborough, Emma Beebe, and Greg Rucka. So that's a lot of content for everybody. Please subscribe Subscribe to Robots from Tomorrow on iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss a thing. Robots from Tomorrow has hours of comic-focused entertainment week in and week out. And now, all right, Johnny, in our week of uh, comics reading, <laughs> what comic? You know, we we need a title for this thing. We're still working on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what are we reading, Johnny? Johnny, what are some things that you've been reading? Well, I'll start off with uh, a and. It, 
fairly interesting pick. Most of the other mm-hmm. picks are, are mainstream, but this first pick uh, ha- has me digging into the past with mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. a Kickstarter book. Uh, 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 Jan Stranod and, and Richard Corbin did a Kickstarter earlier, you know, about four or five months ago, yeah. uh, re-releasing uh, their story, Mutant World and Son of Mutant World. Mm-hmm. And it's this such is not a Donovex. <laughs> not not Don of X, not Don of X. Right. Tons of mutants, though. But like, right. you know, what I love about uh, the mutants of mutant world, it's like the really kind of um, goofier version of the word mutant, like sure. the really seventies, like uh, you know, when mutants just basically meant any sort of irradiated, you know, yokel. Yeah. <laughs> In the you know, it basically, you know, Demento is the main character of this book, and he's just a pink-looking Shrek character mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so that was that's that's the extent of mutants and it's i bought it for uh i was not familiar with the work uh mm-hmm. before but i am familiar with with richard corbin who's one who's really just one of the the, the masters yeah, <laughs> of, yeah. of the form i mean sure. just a beautiful just a beautiful artist um uh and uh really got to appreciate his work uh the the story again it's a post-apocalyptic, uh, you know, post-nuclear fallout world, mm-hmm. and and it just um, it got me thinking a little bit about uh, uh, the, you know, how different uh, generations view their post-apocalyptic yeah. stories, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and this one is just kind of like the 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 aftermath, the hippie generation kind of uh, coming to grips with like the Cold War and just mm. uh, you know that kind of uh uh dystopian look at at the world and it it, it was a fun read uh again more into it for the art but a good read overall yeah that's interesting i I never thought about what you just said about like a generational like when you're facing a nuclear apocalypse and how you think about like i don't know mutation as opposed to like a climate apocalypse and you think about right right scarcity you know and how this you know and, and and that sort of zombie type story yeah, just like what are our fears and how do they play out? Yeah, you know, we, we the the newest the younger generation they're calling them the Doomer generation, and I just huh. you know you 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 know because they're facing you're they're staring yeah. down the barrel of this of this climate apocalypse. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what you know, not that that's this is a pressing issue, but what are their stories going to look like? Or yeah, you know, how are yeah. they viewing the, the world? And, yeah, yeah. And this is kind of like the that version of that in the you know the late seventies, early eighties. So. Mm. So the Kickstarter was to reissue this thing that they did a, a long time ago. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, it was uh, originally released in uh, 1984 magazine. Uh, uh-huh. Oh, okay. In the in the the name of the magazine was 1984. It was actually yeah, published yeah, yeah. in 82. Okay. And Son of Mutant World was its own six issue or four issue miniseries in 1990. Got it. Got it. But yeah. 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 So mm. nearly nearly 40 year old work. Um, Crazy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Richard Corbin's Kurt, art Corbin's. still holds up. Yeah. <laughs> pretty crazy, yeah. Pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, you know, <laughs> I always say on the podcast, I'm not a real, I'm not really in that world very much of the mm-hmm. like sort of grotesque and horror um, type of For stuff. Sure. And, and Corbin's talents uh, really lie there. Um, but our our mutual friend Greg Matasevich from Robots for Tomorrow sent me just as a lovely gift a bunch of creepy magazine. 
Oh, um, cool. I didn't read the stories. <laughs> no, <that's laughs> just okay. the title takes me off that. But I did spend some time just staring at the art and, you know, speculating about the craft, like imagining what what you think and what you do as you're drawing that stuff. It was, yeah. it was pretty stunning. Um, pretty great. So um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Greg. <laughs> that's, that's what a great guy. Uh, yeah, Greg's Greg's a guy. Uh, love that guy. Um, what else have you been reading? Uh, well, uh, you know, I just, I got my list down and I noticed that it's a ton of, um, DC stuff and <laughs> Sometimes it happens that way. Yeah. Yeah. And so not to be outdone by the other multiversity podcast, but I actually <laughs> want to talk about, uh, cosmic odyssey and, and the DC universe of Mike Mignola, which Ugh. were two just great. You know, I'd only read cosmic odyssey for the first time just a couple of years ago. Okay. And it's still a stunning work. If I had discovered that before Infinity Gauntlet, I might be a, a big DC head. But mm, as it mm. turns out, the Infinity Gauntlet was a, a big gateway in a in a comics reading and and yeah. becoming a big Marvel fan. But this this uh, Cosmic Odyssey and 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 the DC Universe of Mike Mignola hardcover, mm. both just tremendous uh, retrospectives on his uh, on his work, um, just just beautiful. Mm. uh but i also mm. yeah yeah but i also like three really great titles um mm -hmm. far sector yeah. wonder woman and superman Sla smashes the clan have both been just on my mind lately yeah. three just fantastic books all yeah. beautiful art wonderful stories kind of removed from any particular canon uh mm -hmm. far sector and wonder woman dead earth Mm -hmm. uh, the Daniel Warren Johnson book, uh, yeah. both black label uh, titles that I, I'm just having a ton of fun with. I think I, I'm sorry. Uh, um, Far Sector's Young Animal. Oh yeah, so, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, I totally forgot yeah. that. It's the survival of Young Animal. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but imprint books that feel that feel removed yeah. from. You know, we're going to talk about a certain uh, lit theorist uh, of Bakhtin, and he had the, he talks about canon, and these are sort of removed from any official, you know, or feel like they're removed from any official canon yeah. of of the what we normally consider the DCU, and yeah, and I I love stories that play that don't really worry about that that sort of thing and just kind yeah. of play in their own little sandbox. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one one can say that in DC there there may be tighter about clarifying canon you know mm -hmm. like all these crises are for the sake of clarifying canon and you know sure. all stuff about legacy and their great history but many of the most you know deepest impressions you know the most impactful dc titles throughout history be it like um killing joke or whatever are mm -hmm. you know supposedly non-canonical that become incorporated you know no oh, yeah I, I i love i love far sector too and and um even, a, you know, I think Superman smashes the clan is a influential in a different place. And I have that earth, but I just haven't cracked it open yet, actually. Um, but it looks cool. Yeah, I Daniel Warren Johnson, I'm there for anything that guy does. <laughs> He's got such a fun line. It reminds me of like Paul Pope or yeah. uh, David Rubin and yeah. and uh, just just so much fun. Uh, yeah. Again, that's it's another post-apocalyptic book. So I won't I won't get into it too much, but it's it's a fun read. Yeah, that looks very cool. I'm I'm kind of excited to dig into it. It's literally in the pile that's next to my bed. Yeah. But um, Far Sector Three just came out this past week, and I, I haven't picked it up that issue ah. yet. But 
one and two were great. I love the mystery, the detective story in space kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I, you know, I think we always have, or I say we, comic nerds always have a hesitation when, when, uh, you know, mainstream authors, you know. Mm, make novelists uh, like uh, Jemison, N.K. Jemison. Yeah, yeah. N.K. Jemison, mm-hmm. uh, Nebula Award winning, I'm pretty sure, you yeah. know, sci-fi author. Amazing, yeah, I've read a, yeah. some of her novels, yeah. Yeah, and um, you know, we're, we're a little trepidatious because it's not a you know it's not a one for one thing. You can't yes. do the same things that you do in in novels that you do in in comics. So yes. yeah, you know you you feel like there's a a learning curve, uh, and I think even a guy as talented as as uh, Tanahasi Coates found mm-hmm. himself a little um, uh, slow to start, or at least yeah. I think audiences felt he was a little slow to start yeah you gotta uh, you gotta adjust to the medium the different yeah. kind of writing yeah but wow i am mm-hmm. i'm really blown away with what jemison has done in these three issues mm-hmm. uh just the amount of plotting and world building she had to do mm-hmm. you know in a sector that's not been explored in dcus to my knowledge sure that's the idea and, right to, in and, and a, mm-hmm. yeah and a new a new green lantern character uh and it all just feels so um, natural and paced well, and mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. and Jamal Campbell's art, you know, I, I I'm not sure that he's done much, but uh, mm-hmm. other than Naomi is the only yeah. thing I can think of. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But he's such an accomplished artist with a great uh, eye for design. It's just mm-hmm. a beautiful book. So yeah. I can't wait to have a hardcover of this on the shelf. I mean, that's it's it's so much fun. Yeah. Great character design uh, for Green Lantern. Yeah. Just, yeah. just wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and it seems like while canonical DC right now, you know, is, uh, is kind of um, a little bit floating uh, in the, in the ocean and, and mm-hmm. driving itself up for another reboot ish, uh, whatever mm-hmm. that, whatever that is, that 5G or something like that. You got right. these three examples that you just named, you know, your Superman smashes the clan and, Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, these all and these three all have potential to be like Cosmic Odyssey. I remember I picked up Cosmic Odyssey when it was kind of when it was coming out, near when it was coming out. I, it was oh, nice! A, my I was a kid in the at the flea market kind of thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the, the comic shop that was at the flea market that I could walk to, and um, I thought it was gorgeous. And a lot of it was the prestige format, you know, that those those mm-hmm. things originally came in. And I got the first three, and it was devastating when um, John Stewart, not The Daily Show, um, you know, right, like, right, right, destroyed a planet, you know, and, and yeah, I, I think, uh, and, and I never got the fourth issue, like, I don't know, I, oh, no. I missed it, and so for years, I never got to sort of finish the story, and I loved that. I thought that the fourth issue wow. would, would, you know, undo what had happened, like, it would right. turn out that that never happened. Instead, like years later, the fallout of that for that character he still struggles with that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, so I just have funny history with Cosmic, but it was just you know Mignola's art, of course, beautiful. But yeah. Yeah, and you know both of those those the Cosmic Odyssey and Far Sector deal with just with you know really two of my favorite Green Lanterns already uh, mm-hmm. already Joe Sojourner is is just a great uh space cop <laughs> yeah yeah and and john stewart's always been one of my favorites for that very reason that he's right. he's not uh, he's not how uh you know i kind of yeah. started reading green lantern when how went crazy so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> immediately it was a little turned off by 
by Hal Jordan. But yeah, yeah. yeah. and I think um, I think with both with John Stewart and with with Sojourner uh, being African American and being being also police and dealing with um, you know that kind of like. Uh, having such a fraught nature, you know, yeah, yeah. black skin, having such a fraught nature with police and then being cop, uh, you know, space cops or cops right. Right. is such a, such an interesting uh, mm-hmm. dynamic in, in the world, in the, mm-hmm. the world of the book. So yeah. Yeah. Such, yeah. such a great start to the series. Like, I, is it limited? Yeah. Is it, I don't know. Yeah, typically, I think so. I mean, I imagine it, as a young, young animal title. Um, yeah. They usually I, set for themselves. A <laughs> yeah. I would love to see more expectations. Though. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Jemison do more, doing more comics is is great. Um, of course, she's a, a absolutely prolific and and powerful mm-hmm. as a novelist, but um, it's a good good thing. Um, that's cool. I love that reading yeah. guide. Yeah, one last you know the the um, I wanted to mention like the the DC universe of the Mike Mignola, mm-hmm. some of the the like the P. Craig Russell inks, and then there's like a little there's a four year jump in the book where I guess he didn't do much DC work, but he jumps yeah. from like old school Mignola, <laughs> which is, you know, still really like iconoclastic or, yeah. you know, it's really idiosyncratically him. Yeah. Uh, but then he jumps into how we know Mike Mignola today. Sure, and it's really sure. like Gothic. There's a great Batman Sanctum issue mm, uh, or the, the, that. the yeah. title of the book is, is, is called Sanctum, but it, yeah. it looks and reads like a Hellboy issue. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> It's it's such a fun little jump that you yeah. notice his his transition there, and you're like, oh, yep, this is the Mignola that that we all know, and and yeah. it's such a really fascinating. I can't recommend it enough if you're a Mignola fan to pick this up because there's there's a lot of a lot of great stories in there. Yeah, yeah, iconic. It's just um, between Cosmic Odyssey and um, the covers of Death in the Family. Uh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. That Robin cover with the yeah. blood on his face. Oh That's right. That's right. I think that was, you know, uh, it, it, it's obviously whatever now, almost 40 years ago, but oh, wow. that defined a lot of DC for me because of just the age at which that hit me. Um, mm-hmm. And so when I think about like DC being dark or like a dark era of DC, you know, of course I think of Frank Miller and all that kind of stuff, but a lot of it is because it's Mignola, not dark, like oppressively dark but a dark, like in a gothic kind of dark. And, uh, yeah. and a lot of that is because of the, the um, Mignola aesthetic. One of the things that I've been reading, it just came out this week, is Green Lantern Legacy, which is one of DC's uh, graphic novels for kids. And this is more kind of like middle age. Uh, oh, cool. Middle age, not mi- middle grade. <laughs> young, young. Not, not oh, middle, middle age. <laughs> like us, but middle, middle grade. So, you know, you're, you're um, young teens and stuff like that. But Green Lantern Legacy is written by Well, Min how Lay. dare they not target us with... Right, I know. We're the, we're the, we've got all the money. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, no, I love this title. Um, oh, so great. this is, this is uh, Min Lay, who is a um, Vietnamese-American author who has done like a number of kids' books, one that really um, I, I really loved and I loved reading with, with my daughter um, was called Drawn Together, which uh, he did with um, artist, illustrator Dan Sentat, um, which is just a great kids' book that I recommend. But he wrote um, this DC Kids title. And, you know, they've been getting a lot of, like we've been talking about, like with uh, folks like Jemison, like kids' authors, YA authors, um, basically, ha- you know, trying their hand at penning these extra universe DC um, 
heroes, um, and they've been great. I've really loved these, and daughter and I have been enjoying reading all of them. Um, I haven't read this one with her yet, but Minlay writes it. Um, our artist is Andy Tong, some really impressive art, um, and it's basically a Vietnamese-American kid who inherits his Green Lantern ring. Uh, John Stewart actually is a prominent place in this one as well. Ah, sweet. Um, but inherits his Green Lantern ring from his grandma. And I oh, just cool. love, um, I must say this wrong, but um, I think Vietnamese, Bat um, Nhoi, uh, is grandmother. And, uh, you know, I've got, got relatives who, who call their grandmothers that. And oh, it's just something to that idea of legacy um, where the idea of a, a ring as a kind of legacy that you can pass on um, being the sort of powerful uh, stand-in for the kind of cultural legacies that we can inherit from folks like our grandmothers is um, it's just awesome. So um, actually, I think I'm you'll, you'll probably see a review of that on Multiversity. Um, that I'll oh write. wow, I can't re- so. I can't wait to read your review and and the book itself. The art looks tremendous. Yeah, right. Um, it's really uh, you know expressive and yeah. just beautiful line work. Who are yeah. the colors on it? That's a good or question. You, it might be Tong. Um, yeah, it might yeah, be Tong yeah. doing all the art. Um, some of these books have been, you know, uh, employing the kind of like, like, like Guru Hiru, this sort of like full service art. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. All the stuff. Um, so, and I, can't find you know, a colorist. I, mm-hmm. and I hate to go back to it. We don't have to talk too long on it, but the, the mm. issue of, of canon again, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, mm-hmm. I think you get so much more done when you, um, you don't really worry about that sort of thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. You, you know, these, these these ideas that that superhero comics present you know they don't need to right. be contained in any sort of certainly not to pr- any one character in particular you know yeah i think spider-verse was great in telling us you know anybody can wear the mask it's sure. you know it's what you do with it so yeah 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 and like i was i think you know like i was saying about those other books often those outside of canon books becoming the ones that you know become the head canon you know become the collective yeah, yeah. head canon i i I um I think that bec- you, when you step out of those constraints, you can often create things that rejuvenate and sort of bring the, the needed fresh life into absolutely what can become absolutely. very kind of insular and, and stale. So I think um, these books are are great for bringing that new life as well as maybe new readers, new eyes on the on the stuff. Let me correct myself. Our uh, colorist name is Sarah Stern, lettered by oh. Ariana Mar. Yeah, cool. That's my bad. No, um, that's all right. But that's one of the DC Kids books that I've been reading. The other one is uh, that just came out this month as well is Diana, Princess of the Amazons. Um, and I think I'm writing a review on that as well. Uh, this one is by Dean and, written by Shannon and Dean Hale, which, um, who are the authors of a, a number of kids' books um, and have written like Squirrel Girl books and stuff like that and, and um, Princess in Black. And um, they're also, Shannon Hale is also the writer on that um, best friends the the two books real friends and best friends oh, okay. great kids graphic novels um uh, this one is ex- illustrated by um victoria ying uh who is uh, phenomenal as an artist mm-hmm. and again another like these dc kids books have been good and, and and i think they on the whole the quality has just been uh you know uh sort of through the roof and so this one is kind of diana um wonder woman as a kid and sort of facing like the the tough reality of being the only kid on the island, you know, yeah, uh, in yeah. an island of Amazons. Uh, so, yeah. So it's, it looks it's like a fun. lot of, looks like a lot of uh, the art is, um, I mean, certainly there are words, but it does look like uh, a lot of just, um, it's the story is told with the art rather than 
with dialogue, which looks yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think certainly there is, is dialogue in it, but yeah, 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 yeah. I think this is a good, and not because of a quantity or lack or whatever of of words. And and you know, yeah. I think some parts of the the visuals tell the story. Shannon Hale and and Dean Hale have have I think. Uh, you know, obviously they're writers, but they're writers mm-hmm. who know how to write comics and letting the visuals tell the story. But there's also great dialogue in the sense of playing out some complexities of character um, positions, you know, with each other. Like yeah. Anna being a little girl, talking to the, all these adult Amazons and sort of figuring herself out and um, a little bit of rebellion, you know. Uh, so there's the dialogue does do a lot of good work in the story as well, but it really does let the art sing too. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a good... Like targeted towards kids at, at the you know the sort of like Reina fans, um, uh, yeah, kind of entry d- into some superhero stuff. You know, DC seems to really you know kind of dovetailing off of what we were talking about last episode or what you had mentioned mm-hmm. last episode. You know, mm-hmm. the the YA books or you know just kids books yeah. are the, really the the wave of the future, and DC seems to really be jumping into that with with you know you know clear eyes about you know, bringing the talent on and, and, you know, using, you know, these iconic characters to tell yeah. new stories in a way that really Marvel doesn't seem to be. Yeah. Uh, Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Marvel has quite figured out how to seize on it the same way. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's great. This, this book looks, yeah. looks neat too. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So those two um, have been uh, on my reading pile. Um, I think, you know, thinking about that similar age, and I think I may go into some more depth about these titles. Um, I, I want to bring back that a few week, months ago, weeks ago, whatever it was. I did an episode of, of this podcast that was trying to launch another uh, sort of YA comics and kids comics focused um, endeavor. But I, I, there's one that I really want to talk about in a, in a context like that, which is title is Noisemakers, uh, 25 Women Who Raised Their Voices and Changed the World. And what it is, is a collection. There's a, um, a magazine. It's like a quarterly magazine called Kazoo. That's really targeted at girls um, and, you know, doesn't have to be only for girls, but right. ages 5 to 12. And it really is, you know, uh, role models of of women uh, in the world. Uh, like there's fun games, there's articles. Um, but they've also been doing every issue or, um, uh, you know, maybe – I don't know if they do multiple per issue, but they've been doing, uh, including these comics stories. And, you know, something you think like kids magazines, including comics. Uh, the cartoonists include the likes of Emil Ferris, uh, Rosemary Valero O'Connell. Wow. You know, did Laura Dean Keeps Breaking Up With Me. Yeah. Um, Lucy Nisley, you know, Maris Wicks, Mario. Maris Wicks. So, this is some yeah. like serious, like award winning cartoonist that. Um, uh, do these multi, multi, you know, eight page, six page stories of bi- biographies of women who, who um, accomplish things in the world. You know, um, everybody from you know your Eleanor Roosevelts to scientists that I never heard of, but um, you know, my daughter and I had a ra- great time reading about. To like your Maya Angelou's and yeah, Frida Kahlo. Um, Frida Kahlo, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's great comics. You know, it's great comics work by by creators that you adore. Um, yeah. It's good to see Emil Ferris work again. You know, oh, I'm waiting for this. For my favorite thing is Monsters Part Two. Um, yeah. And folks, I really like that are uh, maybe newer in the last five years that are uh, up and coming, like Alita Martinez, who did that Omni book for humanoids, and and that um, that uh, 
Wakanda story um, at Marvel and Naomi Franquise and, and, and then folks who've been around like maybe the indie comic scene for a long time, like Mari Naomi and Lucy Bellwood. Um, the, like I said, the biographies are about a lot of, like many that I've heard of, um, uh, Bessie Coleman, you know, jazz singer, mm-hmm. Nellie Blind reporter, um, to some folks that I didn't know about. And so, you know, it's an education for me as well and really, really fun to read with my daughter. So I just got to give a, a shout out to this book. It's, uh, it's from, that's no- awesome. Yeah, it's Random House. It's Random House's new uh, comics outfit. So um, that's a that's a beautiful book, and I'm kind of excited about the chance to talk more and write about that too. Cool. Uh, but outside of that, you know what I've been reading is is um, I've been catching up on 2018 Venom. <laughs> Just okay. not my usual right. bag yet, right? <laughs> um, it's the it's the run written by Donny Cates and and um, art mostly by Ryan Stegman. And so what happened was I was sick <laughs> and yeah. sitting around at home and uh, actually flipping around on the TV. And uh, I don't have TV. Everything's streaming. So, but like sure. trying to figure out what to watch and, you know, just not in the mood to finally watch The Irishman. You know, like, <laughs> like <I> couldn't. <laughs> Three couldn't hours. Do I don't right, know. right, right. So um, I just watched the junkiest thing that was on my, you know, watch list that I just threw on there because I was like, I should probably be informed about that, which was the Venom movie from 2018. Oh, wow. And yeah. I think what took me, I mean, you know, I've paid no attention even through Remender's run um, to, to Venom <laughs> as a character. Um, mm-hmm. Just not my kind of thing. Right. But right. Um, what was interesting to me about the movie, which also was fairly terrible in, in many respects, but <laughs> was the way that Tom Hardy played what... You know, just kind of like a very atypical um, thing going on with his own consciousness and dialogue with the the Venom symbiote, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sort of this is what comics does is you take something like almost like silly and ridiculous, but really can make it pretty interesting as a reflection of human beings. And I thought about uh, a lot about the way that, you know, all of us, um, but it, uh, have these dialogues in our head with other characters, and you know sometimes mm-hmm. we we um, talk about that as a kind of psychosis or something like that. But you know it, it happens in different respects to all in all of us, and so I, I was really interested because I've been kind of um, hot and cold with Donny Cates, but I heard a lot about this Venom run, so I just went and picked it up from the library, and uh, I think it's interesting. Yeah, it, it's a it's a setup for whatever this absolute carnage thing <laughs> was yeah. that happened and i again no clue about any of that stuff but <laughs> just kind of fun to to dip a toe into that world and wonder why it's so attractive to people i do like stegman's art and you know uh i you know i'm a little hot and cold on on kate's as well i think he's a great like idea person but sometimes right, it's right. the it's the execution but he's yeah. you know he's a fairly young uh writer yeah, still yeah, so yeah yeah uh, you know, I, he's not a character that I would, Venom is not a character that I would necessarily like want to just go. <laughs> no posters? No, my, no Venom? No, no. No Venom never, t-shirts? <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I'm intrigued every time I hear that Kate's is on a new book. I did pick up, uh, uh, Thor, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. He, yep, yeah, he yeah. did the, he did the reboot, right? Yes. So yeah, he's doing that. Yep. Yeah, and that was that was an interesting turn. So, okay. uh, yeah, I might have to check out if if I'm a you know Jason Aaron turned me into a Thor fan, and so mm-hmm. I'm gonna stick with it for a while. And and if and if I like what Kate's has done there, maybe I'll I'll 
I'll so dip back, back in. Yeah, I'll dip my toe in. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, and I'll just round out with uh, I, I finally finished Doomsday Clock. Um, I think it was, you know, a little bit of like um, uh, Forlorn that Watchmen was over the TV show, um, which mm-hmm. I loved. Uh, I think we both liked and, and just curious because I was reading the beginning of Doomsday Clock and just wondering how um, Jeff Johns does or doesn't pull off um, a, a similar thing or, or any anything in the reaches of the TV show. And, um, you know, in terms of servicing the, the Watchmen characters, n- no surprise mm-hmm. here, no news here, but he doesn't, you know, he doesn't pull off anything in, that, <laughs> in those reaches. But in terms of um, t- what we've been talking about, an attempt to reboot the DC canon, it's just a really interesting, it's kind of like an interesting fail. I think maybe that's kind of the, across the board, not in a book in itself, but just obviously um, John's relationship to DC and how, um, you know, how that this was meant to be something that it didn't it didn't wind up being. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it. I think we want to be too precious with with uh, our comic characters, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so, you know, and and with Watchmen particularly so because of of the author's intent for the characters. Yeah. You know how he wished to just you know tie off that and never not do anything with it anymore. Right. But you know I think with such uh you know comics being what they are a very like disposable is maybe too strong a word but mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know it's it's a it's a large you know voluminous uh mm-hmm. uh continuity that we're playing with yeah uh we shouldn't be afraid to try new things yeah and as much as like i kind of balk at the idea of before watchmen or or doomsday clock i think ultimately it's a fun experiment yeah. why not you yeah, know, it's yeah, it's yeah. just comics. Don't take it so seriously. So that's right. <laughs> whether it works or not, you know, let, let you know, let it speak for itself. But, right, right. You know, right. I, I think we're too easy to push the canceled button on, on, you know, things before we actually read them and mm, mm. and see how they turn out. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that being said, that mm. being said, I did not read it. <laughs> <laughs> Out, out of respect for Alan Moore, is that part of part of it for you? A little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah, so. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, but you know, I loved the Watchmen show, but I did. Uh-huh. I, I I expected to hate it. Mm. Uh, mm. You know, but I think uh, I think they tried a little bit more. Mm. I think they went a little bolder with yeah. than anything that Doomsday Clock wanted to try and do. Which mm-hmm. you know, I don't I don't see any reason for I, if they had done a Watchmen sequel. In comics that didn't involve the DC universe, I might have been a little more uh, open to that idea. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. again, you know, it's comics. Yeah. Move on. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I gotta say, I guess my I left Doomsday Clock feeling this way. I feel like what Johns did was to take not Watchmen in its complexity and nuance, but Watchmen as almost a stand-in for '80s cynicism. And to try to pit it against John's like, you know, some would say kind of thin and fluffy idea mm-hmm. of hope and, and Superman mm-hmm. representing hope. And and so, like, to, to me, I agree with you and sort of like, you know, if you want to try that, you know, to, to take on a historic, you know, defining work, yeah. you're just going to be, what is it, ho- hoisted on your own... You own Petard. John, yeah. John Luke Picard, whatever. <laughs> You know, and I and I honestly feel a little bit like John's almost set himself up for that because 
anybody who's a sophisticated reader of Watchmen is just going to feel like you took a flattened caricature to pit it uh, to contrast it there. Whereas I feel like J.J. Abrams, uh, no, what am I saying? Lind- yeah, terrible. Lindelof. Forgive yeah, me. Yeah, that's okay. No, <laughs> Lindelof, right? Yeah. Sort of said something new, but with enough respect for the complexity of the original that I think you can you can feel like that isn't a worthy homage um, while while doing yeah. its own thing, you know? Absolutely. And I think, you know, no slight on Johns, who is an accomplished writer. Sure. You know, Alan Moore, and it, regardless of how you feel about Watchmen, Alan Moore is... Alan Moore, full stop. You, just, you could just say Alan Moore. Because, Alan Moore. Right? Because he's Alan a, Moore, right? <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a, he really is a genius. He, yeah. he thinks on levels that most people don't. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, he, and he crafts stories that most people cannot. Yeah. yeah. And so for, you know, a, a writer like Johns to put himself on that same, you know, play in that same ballpark... Yeah. You got to bring your A game. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. uh, I, I, I honestly think that Grant Morrison, you know, with his multiversity issue, mm. Mm. is about the best. It's, you know, it's every bit as is intriguing as Watchmen to me. Yeah. Uh, and he brought he's he's really one of the only few in comics, mm. I believe, that can that can really play at that same level. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, mm. you know, it's, I'm I'm. I'm grateful that that John's got the opportunity to try. So, yeah, yeah. You know, but, why not? Why not? You know, it's, <laughs> it's <yeah>. out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I guess I I will say this for John's is Doomsday Clock. John's and Frank, and and you know it's been said, so, but probably need to say it that Frank is amazing uh, as an artist in this. You know, mm-hmm. um, he's not my st- not my typical style. Like not the style that generally appeals to me. But you can respect the craft and. You know, again, as with more, uh, so with Gibbons, you know, you can't replicate the the mastery, but um, you did a pretty nice job. Absolutely, I do think yeah. um, to give John some credit, though, maybe he's not trying to um, to do more or even to match more. Maybe he's speaking to a, a tone, a sensibility that Watchmen represents for comics, for comics readers. And so, if it's if it's a flattened thing like if it's a flattened alan moore mm-hmm. to me maybe he he was trying to maybe in his original intent not to say i'm trying to like do some service or justice or or really um handle these characters the way Moore did i'm actually talking about this note of cynicism or whatever that readers of Moore or or the sort of like common uptake of Moore um has has become and in a way, I think he's pushing back against p- many people who may even be his fans, and and I respect <laughs> that. You know what I mean? Like there is a there's a sure like, we're living in this like Trump um, nightmare. And look, some of it obviously not to Alan Moore, but comes from like a kind of like uh, you know warmed over cynicism and um, self regard that, that that I feel like it's more what he's trying to push back against with the hopiness of Superman. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's that's interesting. It's it again. You know, do you need Superman in the Watchmen story to tell that story? Yeah, I don't. Right. I, I, it, it, it all just seems perplexing to me, and right. so that's kind of why I stayed away. Yeah. Um. You know. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think multiverse. The multiverse. Um. Yeah. The multiversity yeah. issue. Right. Kind of did that. It did push it back. 
push back against that cynicism mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a little. It felt like to me anyway. Yeah. So I don't maybe I already felt like that story was told, <laughs> and to do it and to do it in what forty eight pages, right? You know, rather than twelve issues that spanned the course of two and a half, three <laughs> years, years. You know. Right. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I guess I want to give John's credit. And yet two words are all I need to say that you can do it um, better and uh, differently and better. And those two words are Angela Abar, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, on that note. Oh, actually, one more thing. I just wanted to slip in here. Sure. Um, For all of us who forgot, (laughs) my daughter and I have been reading Foxtrot. Do you know Foxtrot? Still going, you know. Oh, is it still going? It's Sundays only. It's been Sundays only for about 10 years. But um, yeah, same hijinks, new technologies. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, yeah, you know, I, I just we just want to read some comics together. We already exhausted Calvin and Hobbes a million times over. We've read 50 years of Peanuts, um, you wow. know, a, a bajillion years. So, you know, I was like, what What else? <laughs> you know? Um, and uh, So, so mm-hmm. I, I think, I think, not I'm sorry to step on no, your toes no. here, but I, from what I remember of of Foxtrot, it was um, it seemed very uh, uh, topical or yeah. you know very pop culture referency. How yes. does that play with a person that is uh, considerably younger? Well, she thankfully is patient enough to listen to Dad get excited about explaining <laughs> what the iMac was, you know, <laughs> or like no, it's actually kind of fun because yeah, that's awesome. You know, there is new enough stuff that like we read some of the current Sundays that um, Bill Amend is still producing. Mm-hmm. Amend, I don't know how you say it. Um, and then and so there is like to the moment social media, you know, like types of jokes. But then we can search, reach back into the archives to 1991 or or you know 1998, and I could tell her about like yeah, these were the things that we were laughing about with Jason, you know, mischievous, uh, mischievously making use of. And so it's sort of like the vessel is from, has become like she gets it. And so it, it's like an opportunity to introduce and laugh at, you know, how we lived in 1996, uh, which is a lot of fun for a dad. And I, I think she's having some fun with it, too. <laughs> it's not just for me. Yeah, that's but. awesome. Yeah, so, I remember, yeah. you know, I remember, you know, Calvin and Hobbes ending and, yes. and Farside ending yes. right around the relatively the same time. Yeah, and, yeah. And. I, you know, I, I felt like I'd grown out of my peanuts phase yeah, at that yeah, point. Yeah, and yeah. so the Sunday papers just felt like, you uh, exactly. know, uh, wasteland, right? <laughs> like yeah, wasteland, happy, <laughs> but then, but then, but then, you know, Foxtrot came along yeah. and Boondocks came along yeah. and I'm like, oh, we're back, baby. Right. We're back. So <laughs> I, exactly. you know, there was a, there was a good long period where Foxtrot really was the, was the balm that yeah. salved, uh, you know, or it was the salve for, uh, yeah. for a, a wounded heart losing Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, absolutely. It was that for me. And then, um, what's interesting. So I, I'm using, I don't know if folks don't even know about this, but I'm using go comics and go comics is a site that, um, sort of aggregates. Um, and it's great. Like so much so that I, I have a, I pay for a premium membership, which is only like a year. Um, but you you basically can customize a page mm-hmm. that is emailed to you every day that just has the strips yeah. that you want. And it's so almost have... like your own Sunday paper. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And so what's kind of fun about it is it combines like you know I got Ziggy on there. You know I got oh, nice. I got Rose's Rose. You know uh, all the old uh, comic Rose's strips. Rose's Rose. <laughs> you know right? That's amazing. Pickles. Right. <laughs> yeah. There um, you go. But there's also like Phoebe and her Classics. unicorn. 
uh, Wallace the Brave. Uh, Olivia, you, you, I think you had been reading, but didn't didn't get to mention Olivia James's uh, Nancy, uh, Nancy oh, is so on there can. as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like current sort of web comics that are in the strip format with side by side with these old classics. It's kind of fun to get that. And yeah, you get that all at Go Comics. So and you can do discontinued comics as well, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like Calvin and Hobbes is on there, right? Yep, yep, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah so. Uh, plug for Go Comics, but also just a reminder yeah. that Foxtrot exists. <laughs> this is laughing. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, on that note, shall we take another break and then come back and dive into some X Men? Perfect. Let's do it. Hello, we're the hosts of the Multiversity Manga Club podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Zach. And I'm Walter. Each month, we pick a manga to read and discuss among ourselves. Past books include Monster, A Silent Voice, and Pokemon Adventures. We also look back on the past month's installments of Weekly Shonen Jump, discussing the highs and lows from the Viz Anthology. We've even discussed notable manga adaptations like Netflix's Death Note. At the end of each episode, we announce next month's book club pick so you can read along with us. We're always open to suggestions for future books as well. So join us on the first Friday of every month on MultiversityComics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. All right, Johnny, we're going to talk about X-Men. In a new segment called... <laughs> this is great. <laughs> we, need, I, we need music. How much can we do without getting sued? Uh, yeah, like... well, I mean, if it's just our voices, it's fine. Oh, okay, all right. well, I I know the whole theme song by heart. I think we all do, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> New segment called Carnival X. First, just want to give our propers to uh, to other folks at Multiversity who've been talking and writing and and doing extensive work covering X Men. So, just want to shout out to Jake Hill and Mutantversity at the site, and then the Make Mine Multiversity podcast that Kevin Gregory hosts and. Elias Rosner and, and Jake Hill and others have been um, talking about Don of X. So, of course, in the, our, our DC3 guys um, have been all over it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think we thought we would just offer our, our own takes um, and, and kind of bring some consideration to what Don of X is doing. Yeah, Multiversity is, always does a great job of digging deep, <laughs> you know, your, your motto. But we're going to, like, take a little, a little slant, our own little uh yeah, yeah you know our own little picks and shovels uh <laughs> into the into the into the fray yeah and give give our kind of skewed perspective on it well yeah. maybe not skewed but you know yeah but yeah, yeah take it away paul i mean there might be listeners who um maybe have a semi-awareness so it may be worth just retreading the ground that last summer um jonathan hickman with rb silva and uh oh my goodness help me out Who's the other one? Pepe Larraz. Thank you. Pepe Larraz, you know, uh, did the unprecedented and uh, on time and on target. Came uh, out with a weekly um, dual series that two series that are one. Of, music, <laughs> music to my ears when you hear on time. <laughs> on it's time. Just... Well, it made, it made Wednesday morning sort of appointment, you know, comics yeah. buying, right? Again. Yeah. So so it was uh, House of X and Powers of X. And, and in a way, Hickman... Um, sort of rebooted, relaunched the the entire X mutant franchises of, of Marvel. Um, and in doing so, um, you know, paved the way for a run of books that Marvel just keeps capitalizing in their capitalistic way on. And so <laughs> we had announced the six titles that we'll talk about. Um, 
two of them penned or co-authored, co-written by by Hickman, but uh, others getting into the fray. Um, and it really kind of introduced something. I don't know. It seems like is are there any new ideas in mutant books? You know, like but it's, yeah. <laughs> but somehow it was a a, a different. It was like the same but different. You know, like if you just told sure. somebody this is what House of X and Powers of X. You know, with the exception of some like really um, surprising changes for characters like Moira mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. And and it, it certainly was new and different. But just if you come down to like, oh, the villains and the, the, the superheroes are working together, you know, or like, <laughs> or, you know, whatever. They, they're they right. creating their own society. You know, they're throwing off the, you know, like those have been done before, but never quite in this specific combination. So Chris Claremont never did a mutant orgy, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I think some were implied, but no, he would never go quite, quite there. It's so, the comics yeah. code and all, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Different, different era. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I mean, so I guess you know, uh, I was just at on Comicsology recently looking at you know what they deem their best selling titles, which of course like no data on, mm-hmm. but they had prominently still featured like issues five and six of Marauders, you know, like and who could have guessed oh, two wow. years ago yeah. that like one of the best selling titles on Comicsology would be a um, <laughs> a heretofore unknown X book, you know? Um, yeah. Just to, and not like X Men, the Marauders, just the Marauders. Just the, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you know, I think the of course I'm always late to the party, and people have been talking about these books, um, but we've been now we've seen now like you know five four or five issues of the um, Dawn of X titles. Um, I don't know. Do you have some overall thoughts before we dive into our take on it? You know, we've we've talked about it maybe once or twice before, yeah, yeah. and you know, glowing reviews of of the House of X, Dawn of X, um, yeah, or House of X, yeah. Powers of X, yeah, 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 yeah. That's just a fantastic series, and and I was you know a little bit uh, cold on some of the uh, uh, titles mm, originally, the new ones, yeah, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I've got to say that um, I'm 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 invested. I'm all in, and maybe that's yeah. because I've read, you know, pretty much all of every of every title so far. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I feel a, a real um, strong bond with with these books and and the direction they're going, and I kind of want to see what Hickman has in store. I think it's yeah. I think it's a fun experiment. Yeah, absolutely. Even if even if like the you know the you know the the doors are aren't ripped off or anything you know this isn't a brand this isn't a brand new automobile or or anything like that we're still yeah, playing yeah. in the same ballpark but it's still still fun you know yeah. still still enjoyable yeah and i keep trying to because i've been i've tried to be all in on relaunches or you know sub world relaunches before and i don't think i've been all in in this way and i and i keep trying to pick apart aside from or in addition to the 12 weeks of hoxpox that we retreated to like mm-hmm. it, it what is working and what did they establish like what is in this like you know architect hickman's brain uh to establish something that other people the sandbox that other people could play in we, we've mixed about 12 metaphors now for <laughs> but you know like what exactly is the specific combination of things that hoxpox launched you know, your portals, your flowers, your mm-hmm. Krakoa, your politics, your, you know, 
your mm -hmm. rebirth your with gold balls you know like what, <laughs> what <laughs> egg what egg please <laughs> thank you night now egg although i i it will it will always be gold balls it'll always be gold balls yeah. <laughs> um what is what are the elements of this chemistry you know or what are the ingredients of this cake that have made it so lively I, to feel so revived do you know what i mean um yeah yeah so, I, hmm. I really feel like the you know the he is trying some new things as far as what what community means to mm, mutants mm -hmm. not just not just xavier's school but mutants as a whole and i right. i think he's right. trying some really interesting things in that realm yeah um and yeah. definitely as opposed to humans at large you know yeah how how these two forces are now playing against one another yeah yeah i mean i feel like at least one of the things a major element maybe is just that i think uh higman gets a blank check right he kind of gets to do what most creators maybe rightfully understandably wouldn't be entrusted with which is the chance to do like major overhaul yeah um, right yeah and i don't think any other writer well say for me you know the big ones like grant morrison or whatever would mm -hmm. would be given the reins of x-men and and the first thing that hickman wants to do is say okay well now they're the most powerful mutant or most powerful country in the world with right. you know all the right. money you know right. their own right. language <laughs> so he's definitely yeah that you're right the blank check is i think a, a good way of putting it yeah yeah i mean and and without giving away too much for wow we're just gonna give it all away um yeah. i think with moira and the you know lives of, of moira x moira mctaggart in a way rewriting existence itself you know like that becomes like its yeah framing narrative yeah. to really set up i think what's like a radical realignment you know suddenly you have apocalypse you know side by side buddy buddy mm -hmm. with, with captain britain and and it, it just um it allows for and maybe this is to take us a little into our take and why we're calling this carnival x i think it allows for like hickman and company to do something pretty radically different um and a, and a sort of reconstitution that <laughs> Reminded me of my favorite literary theorist. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right, the real the real comic syllabus heads I'm gonna, I'm are, gonna go, are staying for this. Here I'm we gonna go. go all comic syllabus on us, but I've mentioned several times that I I am um, very influenced by Mikhail Bakhtin, um, Russian philologist, <laughs> whatever whatever that means. Um, but, um, you know, some folks will know, and, and if you don't like, don't trip, like, I don't think it's, it's like, you don't have to have gone to, to, <laughs> to literature school for, <laughs> right. for this to, to, well, to, well, yeah, yeah. What's cool about this theory is it, it, mm. it, you know, while we're definitely focusing on, on how it applies to X-Men, it's, yeah. it's really present in genre, uh, yes. Yes. um, that we're all familiar with and, and it's, you can really specifically uh, superhero comics definitely play in in car yeah. in uh, Bakhtin's theories, yeah, uh, specifically yeah. specifically the Carnival esque. That's right, that's right, and that's what we have been leading into. It's in the title, so um, is is Carnival esque, and um, I mean, just I guess the introduction for folks who like, what is that? It's um, I, I, a way that I think about it. Actually, maybe the way it came to me this is a good way to describe it, right? Is mm -hmm. in those early books, and 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 they had, this hadn't been played up, obviously because it was setting up for this, but this hadn't been played up yet in Hoxpox. 
But in a lot of those Don of X, Don of X early issues, it kept coming, zooming back to the giant uh, party, or as you said earlier, like the orgy going mm-hmm. on on Krakoa. Like Krakoa right. looked like a giant party going on, right? And then meanwhile, people were taking portals or boats or whatever to to whatever missions that the stories were launching. But at the center of what's going on in Krakoa is this like, um, is the, the giant, what, what is the word for party these days? Rave? Uh, rave yeah it's like a giant rave (laughs) but they even i think even on the island they call it something like carousel or something yeah really right so you know definitely i could see how that becomes an earworm and you're like hey wait a second you know yeah 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 so that and and that that got me spinning on what i had you know known and read and learned about carnivalesque which is a little bit of like why do we do that you know, mm-hmm. I, and I say we as, uh, you know, mutant kind. No, I mean, I mean, like <laughs> as, as human beings, because that's a familiar sight to us when you think about something like Mardi Gras, you know, maybe sure. in our, our context or a certain context or just even the idea of a carnival, not the like, well, yeah, actually even including the like, like carnival barker, you know, like the, yeah, like, it, it's this time and space that's set aside for us to, in a way, like throw off certain shackles of the oppression of everyday life to put on masks to like get dirty and sexy to mm-hmm. um to kind of flip things and and in a way mock our everyday order of things you know like right. the carnival is where you you or the you know whatever the parade during carnival is where you uh, wear beads and nothing else or <laughs> right, right, right. Is, is where you take like the the king or the president and you make a effigy and you you know sort of take them down a peg and then you take the 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 town drunk or the town fool and you make them the king you know it's this whole flipping of it's a time and space where we're just gonna like take all of us are working within the cogs of this machine of our like hierarchical orders um and you know what's sacred and what's profane and you flip all that on its on its head uh it's kind of like what carnival is about right and Mm -hmm. it's the it's the mirth of that it's the reveling in that um and it felt like a little bit of that's the celebration of what's going on in Krakoa. And it made me think about how Leighton in X-Books always, you know, in Mutantdom since, um, since whatever, Lee and Kirby, right? Lee and Kirby. Yeah, Lee and Kirby. <laughs> Thank you. Was, for a moment, I was like, Kirby? Lee? Yeah. I mean, since Lee and Kirby, it's this like, Ooh, we are different and in our society because we're not accepted it's just like complete and total repression of who we are like it's yeah uh, we we just had a little break of, of real life into our conversation it's probably good to cut me off like i was working myself into a lather about this anyway like just the i don't know the the kind of interruption of of life as usual and like mm-hmm. finally for few folks who are like kind of having to uh hide themselves or repress or whatever um yeah uh, like that vibe seems to that kind of energy seems to be throughout the books so that's why that's why i was picking up on it and and making a connection definitely the 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 um hickman's use of krakoa i definitely Mm -hmm. think turns turns the entire series into something new and exciting and Mm -hmm. really plays into the carnivalesque as this being their land and finally having their land and that mm-hmm. kind of really mm-hmm. changing the natural order of the Marvel universe. You right. know, they, of course, Genosha existed, but not, right. um, not in the sense that Krakoa exists as a place, not only for community, but for a shared 
language in a shared environment that only they can access. And, you know, it, it really, um, I, I really think it just has a, a an otherworldly type vibe to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Mm. um, you know, I'm not the, I'm not, I'm not a, a doctor, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Dr. Paul, I, but I did a little, I did a little of my own uh, research on Bakhtin yeah. Yeah. and, uh, you know, to help tie us into the, into the, into Carnival X. But so like Bakhtin, uh, has like four categories that he describes as, as being uh, a carnival sense of the world. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, the first one is, uh, a familiar and free interaction between people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can kind of see that, uh, you know, like friends becoming enemies and enemies becoming friends and, right. and like the disarmament, uh, you know, that they all, you know, kind of take, that takes place as they enter Kokoa and, right. you know, right. the, the peace treaty amongst, you know, these villains that we've known since the first issue, you know, Magneto yeah. and, and Charles once again, but even more importantly, perhaps a major player so far has been Apocalypse, you know, yeah, the, yeah. You know, the first mutant. Yeah. And that's been really fun to see and really exciting. You know, this is this is all strange, bold new territory. Yeah. Right. Uh, mm. Which leads us into a second point is the eccentric behavior. Like, you know, you see some of these characters acting differently. Obviously, Apocalypse, they still all have their same personas. Apo- uh, you know, Apocalypse still is very imperious and and speaks down to everybody and and uh you know eric uh still you know calls himself a god but you know xavier's kind of he kind of lets that stuff slide these days you know he's like yeah yeah we kind of are but you know i'm I'm gonna let eric have that if it's for the greater good if he still if he still toes the line and and you know if we're all on the same page Mm. we can still you know be eccentric in our community in our shared mm-hmm, community mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and uh the, the third point is carnivalistic mesalliances which is kind of like um mm-hmm. uh you know the two polar opposites heaven and hell and young and old kind of meeting mm-hmm. together yeah, yeah and again we kind of see this with the with you know the you know the xavier school and and the hellfire club <laughs> being, right you right. know allies now and yeah yeah and and we even see we can kind of see this in the reuniting of, of families with with, um, you know, the Summers family, I think, most importantly, you know, right. with Gene and Scott back together and their whole like time, <laughs> time distorted brood, yeah. of, you know, yeah. or even dimension with with Rachel and and young Cable and and uh, but even like uh, the, uh, you know, Magneto's family and, yeah. and the Shaw's yeah. and the Braddock's. Right. And even Xavier's family. Um, so, uh, and even like, you know, like Frost, uh, Emma Frost and Jean Grey, you know, two really like polar opposite characters being friendly and sharing, sharing a drink. And, right, right. And then I think, you know, most, you know, which has been the most, you know, internet fodder was the, uh, you know, they did that graph of the uh, Summer's, summer's, house. <laughs> summer's house that had yeah. like the doors you open between Logan's room. Like why would even Logan be even in the house? <laughs> you know, they, that's, they, you know, that's, you don't remember all those, bizarre... you don't remember all those, uh, Logan bedroom scenes where he's just sitting there, uh, uh, cutting his nails and his, <laughs> sitting on his bed. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
but you know, there's a you know, there's three three bedrooms, you know, Logan's right. room and then next to Gene's room, which is next to Scott's room, and like right. they're all the doors are interconnected and it's yeah. just this like really like wink wink, you know, we all know what's going on here. This is this is a brave new world we're entering and mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. you know, that's been a lot of fun and I'm sure Hickman has had fun, you know, yeah, playing with yeah. audience or reader expectations. Yeah. And the last is uh profanation. So yeah, like yeah. in Carnival uh, or in Carnival, the strict rules of piety and respect for official notions of the sacred are stripped of their power. Yes. Yeah. And I think that, you know, power in the sense of 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 Dawn of X is yeah. is that entire nations now essentially bow to the might and what the mutants have to offer. The really they are bringing their mutant abilities to bear on the world mm-hmm. by offering mm-hmm. them drugs and 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 you know recognizing themselves really stepping forward and saying no we are a nation we you know we are more than what you've given us credit for yeah yeah and yeah. and um so it's a celebration of of uh not the heavenly, but like the earthly, the body based. And that's really yep. important yep. because mutantum is a genetic, it is body based. Right. right. And so, you know, this, this body based community, even, you know, as weird as it may be, is now being celebrated because they're bringing these things to the world in a way that yeah. maybe, you know, um, you know, religion has not. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I think those are four like really fun ways that, you know, or the, you know, these points really bring to bear or, you know, a coalesce, yeah. uh, uh, for both of us, Yeah. how, what Hickman is doing is really kind of fun and unexpected. Yeah. 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 I mean, they, they're, you're, you're, you know, kind of rehearsing of those ideas is music to my ears, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I, you know, we're not, to be clear, we're not making like, we're not saying like, Hickman is reading Rabelais and his world <laughs> by Mikhail Bakhtin. And I'm not saying he's not though notes, either. Right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? You know, yeah. it's actually like, I, I, you know, I think good theory yeah. doesn't have to be referenced to for sure explain what kind of goes on in, in, um, in, in our human worlds. And I think carnival as a notion and car- then the carnivalesque um, and Bakhtin talks about it as something that happens in our world. You know, he, He's looking at like medieval society and how rigidly like structured that is. And but mm-hmm. but how out of that, you know, you need to have these moments of carnival, these kind of energies need a place to to exist. And that it it uh, offers these openings for a kind of liberation and a kind of equality, you know, um, a kind of like uh, uh, a way to push back against all the the pressures of a, of a highly, you know, um, hierarchicalized world and stuff like that so you know it's i think an impulse that just is is a exists in human societies you know sure i feel like it's this to me that's a a, an opening to understand what is going on and what what is sort of fresh and new but it also raises a lot of questions for me about this world's viability like one thing about carnival is you enter it you know, not you're not um, trying to overthrow the whole universe because we know, like Tuesday, we have or we're gonna have a wild all our wildness for 48 hours, and then on Thursday it ends. Or, you know, whatever. You know, right, like, right. And so, so there's pro- there's a feeling like this this, is this can't last. this can't yeah, last this can't and, last. And right? that, yeah, and that's and then that's really 
that's a really fun aspect of it is not only in a narrative sense, uh, you know, this has got to be leading to a point of yeah. friction, right? You know, of major friction. But in a meta sense, like Hickman's not going to run this book forever, so sure, right, yeah. You know, how is it all going to be dialed back? Because it feels like, well, even, even uh, you know, we may talk about Bakhtin and and nonlinearity of of Carnivalesque in later yeah, episodes, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, but you know, even in in uh, House of X and Powers of X, you know, we went to the far flung future and saw yeah. how it ended. Yeah. So I, I really feel like we can we can really play in this carnival esque, uh, nar- you know, uh, theoretical narrative and have sure. a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Uh, a- as time goes on and we see a little bit more of 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 the um, the ramifications of yeah. of what Hickman has set forth. I think that you know you mentioned it a little bit earlier, um, and I kind of like to talk about this one point that I that I yeah. had. Like I love it. I you mentioned the the fool and the up. king. Yeah. And the first, uh, the first or primary act of Carnival is to crown the fool, the king. You know, right, right. And and we don't mean fool in 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 when we're talking about uh, House of X or, or Dawn of X. Right. Uh, we don't mean fool in like foolish sense, but in sure in the lowly state. Sure. Uh, society has deemed society for whatever. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So uh, the primary act of Carnival is the mock crowning of the fool into the king and. And I think uh, kind of a fun thing that I noticed is the first time you see Xavier in mm-hmm. this in this book, he's got that he's got his crown, he's got cerebro yeah, on his right. head. That's right. And uh, and we see it. He he's wearing it for most of the series. He's only taken it off, you know, just a couple times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a shot off <laughs> once, mm-hmm. but but yeah. So we we see this this crowning of the king but that's yeah. not going to last according yeah. to carnival that will not last yeah so yeah. if yeah. you follow that theory you know this is going to end this is going to yeah. and not just in the short term like yeah. he was assassinated in 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 uh x-force, X-Force but yeah. mm-hmm. but perhaps in the in the long run or or yeah. as long as as hickman's run will allow you know yeah, yeah. so yeah. i think yeah. that's that's a fun thing that i'm really kind of like looking looking to uh yeah yeah and watch you know, hickman Go ahead. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and and as you point that out, I'm thinking about, um, like how how different Xavier looks from our expectations. And I know there's in story reasons for why he's not in the wheelchair, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, then maybe problematic from a disability perspective. But I think that the wheelchair has always represented, has always kind of gone hand in hand with the Xavier humility, right? Mm-hmm. Like the the sort of like. Yes, we have special powers, but our great responsibility is to use them in the service of, you know, of of our our <laughs> common bond with with Homo sapiens, right? And 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 I think for him to be in a place where he's not in that wheelchair is at least a vision. And like I said, problematic from a disabilities perspective and an ability perspective, enablist mm-hmm. perspective. But like really, um, really flipping the expectation uh, and the place of who Xavier is. And to me, that's why Hoxpox had to exist is you had to have something so radical that in our minds, we could morally warrant that reversal of, sure. of Xavier taking that throne. And, and then, and I think Xavier taking that throne is the biggest cue for everything is turned upside down from, a, yeah, from, a I norm. think you're, yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
it's so much fun <laughs> to it's think about. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll, we'll keep digging into this. I, I, yeah. I love this. I think this is uh, some, you know, fruitful territory to, to keep Absolutely. mining. Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, we want to get uh, we want to talk about the, the series so far and like how For we, sure. how we we think they've they've developed and maybe how Carnival might play into them a little bit. Yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll see. So. Right. So I think, you know, we want to start at the top. X-Men. Yeah. Yeah. Adjectiveless X-Men <laughs> uh, is the flagship title, I, I think. And it's yeah. it's Hickman and uh, Lionel Francis U. Yeah. Has yeah. done the art, I think. All the yeah. way through, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. I think he's done every issue. Issues right now, yeah. And uh, I gotta pour one out as I'm staring at the issues for um, Gary Allen Gillan, who um, is you know used uh, I think of choice mm-hmm. who passed away this last year. Yeah, um, great, great Filipino artist, um, and uh, you know no longer with us. But yeah, yeah, use art. Which I don't know. Are, are you a fan of Lionel Francis? You? I, I've heard some like meh about him, but I don't know. What's your, what's your take? He's always been intriguing. To me, yeah. like mm-hmm. he's passable, I guess, is the best. Like, <laughs> I mean, and I, I say that. You're not offended never, by the. You're not like bothered, but. Yeah, it's it's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. Like he always mm-hmm. reminded me of like a Jim Lee and Travis uh, Charest. Mm-hmm. Or, right. or I don't know how you say his what last name. Charest. <laughs> but a very in that school. And, uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. and I've always. Uh-huh. So I love those two guys, you know, for mm-hmm. what they are and. And so he's always been fine, but not mm. never anything dynamic. I wouldn't buy a book huh. just for him. I don't think sure. so. Sure, but uh, yeah, it's like a scattershot uh, uh, mix of characters, focusing mainly on on um, the Summers family. Yes, and and Charles and Eric, I think, are the two other primary um, players. But it's been a fun. Uh, I think it's been the best book of the of the of the line so far. I, yeah. I love how. Um. Again, you're playing with the carnival esque. Uh, yeah. Uh, the expectations of like, um, community uh, with yeah, with yeah. the Summers family, and family with uh, Apocalypse and his child, um, right. or his grandchild. I think, like his child war. His, I don't know how that works out. Family, nonetheless. <laughs> right. And Wait, then are, the, you, are you are you suggesting that there's some backstory that's convoluted? X world, but it be <laughs> no. <laughs> and then my, I think my, I don't. Well, I don't know if it's my favorite. I've loved every issue, but like the the most surprising issue has been like the 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 uh, the uh, horticulture, yeah. which is the, such a the fun old, the ladies' club, right? <laughs> yeah, just such a fun group of you know Hickman has really played up comics being just silly and fun mm-hmm. in this title mm-hmm. or yeah. in both of his books even yeah, in mutants. Was, uh yeah. but like the uh the you know the the group of uh militant humans that turn themselves into apes right you know and 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 the horticulture really just a cheeky sense of humor yeah. running throughout the series even though it, it does delve into some really like dark territory especially with the most recent issue yeah. in the davos summit Sure. Which is yeah. which is sinister in any universe, <laughs> right. and uh, <laughs> and even uh, uh, here, I think uh, you know the humans, the, in you know the powers behind the power. Yeah, yeah. you know, huh. coming head to head with with Charles and Eric, has just yeah. been a fun yeah uh, experiment. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the X, X-Men book to me, the craftiest part of it to me is that it's been the one to me to keep the spirit of Hawksbox mm-hmm. or the, the spirit launched by Hawksbox alive. And the way I think about it is, let me try to, again, mix a bunch of metaphors. <laughs> it's like yeah. the spine book that keeps us like reminded of what we're doing. But you can't do that when your whole idea is a kind of like subversion and flipped disorder without being a kind of chaos book yourself. You know, like you're the reminder, you're the spine, you're pushing the thing forward of where we're going. But actually the thing forward we're going is a lot of like subversion of expectations and, and chaos. So it's to me, it's like, um, you know, like how do you how do you be the one to keep the party going? Well, you got to be the one partying hard. Like you got like it's like the the person who's dancing at the party who keeps up the energy that like it's supposed to be fun and also supposed to be you know the yeah party. yeah so it's like that that dancer who <laughs> who keeps the party going into the night right. when when people kind of get sidetracked <laughs> you know yeah um, yeah so yeah yeah it's it's um it's definitely setting the tempo for sure yeah yeah uh, but to, yeah i like i feel i felt that in issue two you know, really hyper-focusing on these three Summers characters, but really encountering something huge, you know, with the island. And and then, yeah, like you said, the conference um, and then the horticulture, it, it keeps reasserting this, con- this like, meeting up of this new mutant reality. Not new mm-hmm. mutant reality, but, you know, like this new reality that they're living in um, and this new kind of unity against the the homo sapiens power structures right sure societal power structures and um but keeps it fun keeps it like it keeps it weird you know um yeah 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 i, I mean i'm thinking about the u art and what that pitches in i i always feel like all right so, so silva and la ross were kind of great to me they were like a, a sort of modern day even better um of what i loved about like what I love about like Stuart Eminen. Stuart Eminen, yeah, that's, that's what like I was gonna mention. Yeah, definitely. Beautiful, live smoothness that feels mm-hmm. both like clean and, and yet organic, you know? Yeah, I, I always thought it was like very, um, yeah, clean, but also still like thick, expressive lines, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it no, doesn't, doesn't feel uh, clinical. Um, but I, I guess for you, and I wonder if some of the pushback or the, the, you know, like people not liking this as much as LaRaz and Silva's art is that it does pull us a little bit back into what you were talking about, that sort of Jim Lee, sharp edges kind of thing. And, and I guess my own feeling about it is that it's somewhere in between. I feel like you does a lot of weird angles, like, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. does have these sharp edges, but also has an element of, and this is probably, you know, you and, 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 Alan Gilan and Cho all together, uh, go all together, sorry, that have the, this, it's, it's, it's somewhere in between that imminent smoothness and the kind of like Jim Lee angularity. I don't know. That's my own take. Yeah. Do you think, uh, did, was he on the Avengers at all with, with Hickman? Uh, maybe, maybe Secret Avenger. I don't know. Maybe at some yeah. point. Could be, could be. I'm just curious about the pairing. Is it, Mm. you know i don't is he i mean i don't know is it 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 doesn't feel like a continuation if you sure if we were going to continue that uh you know style of pepe Pepe right 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 right. would this artist 
you know, would I think to go to you? No, right. I would not. So right, I'm right, curious right. why he, I mean, he's, he's an, he's definitely a, a name, you know, and mm, he's definitely mm, talented, mm, 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 mm. but I, it, it doesn't, as far as fitting that style, it, it does not. So, <laughs> and again, yeah. that's not, that doesn't really have anything to do with carnival esque. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. And I, I, I can't peer, peek into, um, gosh, like Jordan and White's it, head, you know, like I'm yeah, not sure yeah, what, yeah. what the thinking is. Um, and if we I, want to talk about, if we want to wrap it into Carnival S, why yeah. wasn't a more bold choice chosen uh -huh. for, is it because he can't do, they, you know, nobody can do a, a monthly title, you know, and, uh, and right. be, you know, even the, the guy I would consider who has the most, you know, fun art of the line, uh, mm. Rod Reyes, right. he hasn't right. even done every issue. So yeah. three out of the five. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, some might argue Lionel, you can't do a monthly title, <laughs> like historically yeah, speaking, does pretty well. Well, but. yeah, I think the issue five is pushed back from. The oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so even that's, that's a little off schedule. Yeah, so. yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I personally, um, it's working for me. You know, like, it, yeah, it, it's it may not be it's my fine. first choice aesthetic, but it's 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 you know the book is still working well for me and. Mm -hmm. uh, still my favorite more yeah, yeah yeah so so you, you've crowned this one it, it's it's in good oh, shape oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's to give it either fool or king i vote king so there you go <laughs> um i feel the same you know it's, it's uh i liked it. it i don't think it's my favorite though oh i think i know what might be but we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute <laughs> um anything else to say about x-men no, it's uh, as far as Carnival S goes, I think it does a, a wide, uh, it, it pops, you know, all of those, you know, those four that we talked about in various ways that maybe the other ones don't. I think this right. one really consciously uh, leans into that, that right. theory, whether, you know, a, you know, wittingly or not, you know, right. I, right. again, we don't have to be conscious about this to, to apply it, but yeah, I definitely think it's playing playing in all those areas yeah yeah definitely has i just you know some of the memorable images of this will be like eric sitting side by side at this table right oh. so that representation of mus mutants yeah. sovereignty and like oh we know what y'all up to you know like yeah. um it's a it's just a apocalypse a, in a three-piece suit i mean it doesn't get any better than that i mean it's so silly and yet so yeah, you're never gonna. I'm never gonna forget it. But definitely, <laughs> definitely, you know, you mentioned Eric sitting at that table and quoting yeah. Aldous Huxley's "The Island." That's right. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, that moment is going to stick with me. For yeah. I mean, that is a to me that is a, you know, a, an essential Magneto moment. You know, right. Mag, right. you know. So, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and I, and I think, uh, I, you know, thank goodness for, I maybe uh, really important to the vitality of this whole franchise that the core book or whatever, you know, your, your central book, um, stays relevant. It makes sense that, you know, Hickman's going to keep his hand on that pretty tight. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think our next one is my favorite, which is new moons. Um, and this one, uh, Hickman, so I, I didn't realize how this is how it was going to play out. I don't know if they realized, but Hickman and Ed Brisson writing together, Rod Reyes did mm -hmm. the art for the first two issues and then the fifth. And then issues three and four suddenly sort of 
not only changed creative hands, but also, you know, setting and story and all that kind of stuff. And then became uh, three and four became an adverse and joint with um, Flaviano and, and Faya, mm. you know, kind of um, respectively. But yeah, we, we brought back the New Mutants. We, we brought in a bunch of um, Generation X characters and uh, doing something pretty interesting. Uh, what, what have been your feelings about New Mutants? Well, you know, it's silly. You know, I'm almost 100% sure that Jonathan Hickman was on the Avengers title, the main Avengers title with Lino Francis U. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, and one of my favorite things about that Avengers run of Hickman's <laughs> was the uh the total um uh like bringing in characters from all across the marvel universe to become avengers avengers wasn't a a you know a very it wasn't a club it was a it was a an army it was a group of individuals to get the job done and two of the most fun individuals that he brought in were bobby DeCosta, sunspot and and sam cannonball yeah yeah, yeah. so his characterization of Bobby DaCosta has been tremendous. <laughs> I, I think he knows that character inside and out. Yeah. And uh, he plays with him uh, in a lot of fun ways. And yeah. it's just, it's really fun to see. And Rod Reyes' art, I think, um, I think I, I was kind of down on it the first time, uh, <laughs> saying it's not Sinkevich, but, you know, that was me being dumb. <laughs> because... <laughs> Rod Reyes is really expressive. He's got like this Phil Noto kind of mm -hmm. like uh, yeah. uh, line. And yeah. um, he just does a lot of fun things with the book, yeah. uh, with his pencils, um, in, in ways that remind me of Sienkiewicz, to be mm -hmm. quite honest. Mm -hmm. um, kind of, there's, uh, there's scenes where like uh, motion is kind of like um, traced in in the same panel in different like varying shades of, yeah, of yeah. line. Yeah. And that's, it's really cool. And um, yeah, I've just had a lot, I've had a lot of fun with the, the away team, I guess I'll yeah. say the, the, <laughs> the space, the two space issues, open. three and four, I, I was, I'm not a huge fan of, but, yeah, yeah. but overall this series is, is a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think what the New Moons gets right for me is that sort of feeling of transgressive youth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to speak to Rod Reyes's art, I think we, Sienkiewicz was such a great um, New Mutants vibe because it was that kind of off-kilterness about being young, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and I think Reyes does that, but I think it's a mistake to think that, like, youthfulness equals utter chaos is actually a kind of like chaos in order to try to find a sense of like stability you know what i mean it's like you yeah that's that's kind of youth that's kind of adolescence and youth you got to like go a little nuts but you're actually deeply in search of, <laughs> of something that is stable you just can't be the old thing and so the idea that they go off in a space is to me like that's like the ultimate pinnacle of transgressive youth Right. Like you don't right. do your thing on the island. You got your little, you know, backbone of the council or whatever. Meanwhile, us we're gonna go off in a in a like wild unknown of a galactic uh court. <laughs> you know, it's just right. like and so that that energy is 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 kind of fun. And I guess to the two issues, I guess in theory, if you told me like Flaviano, I'd be like, Oh, I I can see that too. But mm -hmm. I agree with you in execution. It was a little little you know, it just felt a little 
um, not innovative or not like far out there, but I realized that that the, those Brisson issues and Brisson does this actually a lot is, are they're kind of a different note and they're kind of, um, and I, and I, t I see it as, as fitting in the, in the whole thing too, because that story, which is almost like it's just an entirely different story is yeah. a kind of like, let's search for our runaways. Let's search for our like lost children thing, oh, which I think is yeah. also a new means thing. And this idea of like Krakoa being a, let's welcome all comers, you know, like nobody sure. has been like kicked out. Like it, there's a little bit of a punk sensibility of, um, man, like this world has really like shunted and forced into hiding these kids. And like, mm -hmm. by God, like our heroism is going to be, we're going to go out and bring them all in. And, uh, and I kind of like that, but that's the alternate story. It's sort of like a flip side of the vibe of what um, young, young people are about. It's the idealism side. And um, I'm into that too. Like seeing it that way, it's kind of a nice balance, you know? Um, yeah, I definitely like your point about the, the idealism of the, of the characters. And especially to me, I, I gravitated towards w one scene in particular hmm. uh, with, with Mondo and Chamber. Ah, Whereas yeah, yeah, yeah. you you expect these new mutants to just you know jump back into their old ways and fight right. the bad guys, but now, you know, there's a scene where Mondo and Chambers just say, you know, we may be on this mission in space or this, you know, you know, but we're going to enjoy space. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to stay out of space jail. Yeah, and we're right. just gonna we're just gonna drink our mai tais and. <laughs> and stay out of trouble and yeah. i think that's that is a little that felt punk rock to me too you know because uh -huh. yeah, yeah. you expect them to uh you know join the fray but yeah. again a little carnival-esque here we're turning yeah. things on yeah. their head yeah and you know these guys are now or maybe they always were but you know they're really showing their pacifist roots and i yeah I, yeah i appreciate oh. i appreciated that scene in particular now on the on the flip side the other favorite scene is is magic doing her thing yeah. <laughs> and uh but yeah it's been a lot of fun it's cool i keep yeah. saying that it's a lot of fun but i hopefully but uh <laughs> no other words more, hopefully man. i don't sound like a broken record but no not at all well, no it's that's definitely the feeling you just gotta it's that it's the mantra <laughs> yeah. um so so new new mutants is also a, a, a win that's a king yeah that's a king crown it <laughs> <laughs> But uh, and then we come to your first. Uh, um, so I'm not going to give it away. <laughs> your first non king, something that didn't yeah, land first, for you. Uh, and I hesitate to say that it doesn't doesn't land for me because things okay. of aspects of it really do land for me. I okay. just think overall it's going to take a little more uh, time for me to to get into it, and mm. hopefully mm. it it I warm to it or the book you know, um, uh, does a few more things to surprise me, but, yeah, uh, yeah. Mm. I want to talk about, uh, Teeny Howard, uh, and Excalibur. Yeah. I think the art yeah. is, uh, Marcus Toe. Yeah. Marcus Toe. Yeah. 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 Mm. Uh, to start off with, I think Teeny Howard is a really strong voice and yeah. she knows these characters really well. I don't yeah. think, yeah. Mm. I don't think there's any, like, there is no doubt in my mind that gambit isn't one of her favorite characters <laughs> and mm. uh jubilee and mm -hmm. and even apocalypse i think these are really strong characterizations mm. and i and i applaud the decision to really like not only have we like turned 
turned the Marvel universe on its head with Krakoa. Mm-hmm. They even spin it again and kind of, and they take Excalibur and most right. of the book is done in the other world and it's right. a fantasy right. book. And I right. think the book really shines on its own uh, when it plays into those tropes, those fantasy right. tropes. Right. You know, there's a great scene in, I don't know if it's the most recent issue, but in a recent issue where they are in the other world and they're all in like, you know, Lord of the Rings type gear. <laughs> and, you know, Jubilee's son is a dragon for some right. reason. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> all right. And and it's a lot of fun. But mm. I also think that it suffers from a little bit of uh, like decompressed storytelling. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I think in the four issues of of Hickman's run on X-Men, you have four wildly different stories mm. and through six issues of Excalibur, you have the same single story. Yeah. Yeah. Now there is a, an, you know, I think there's a long game uh, that that she's writing with Apocalypse right. that maybe I'm just a little too impatient for. So it, mm-hmm. it could definitely be me. But I'm not. Fe- I haven't felt uh, the uh, celebratory aspects of of Carnival with this book mm-hmm. too much yet. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I. I guess I. I, may, I don't know how I feel about this book. Uh, like you were saying, I think there's a lot of things I really like, and I. I. I didn't realize until you said it. I really like the characterizations. You're right, mm-hmm. and I could see how if that doesn't carry it for you, it, it's hard to, for it to hard for the story to carry it you know mm-hmm. like not a lot of i mean stuff is going on but to me there's not a lot of intrigue in the plot per se yeah um but i know whatever like rogue is on ice and what's going on and you know really how comfortable are they being shoulder to shoulder with apocalypse and maybe yeah. most of all like the central character of, of betsy braddock like the captain Britain character like do we care at all about her place and her being you know, given this position in, in as Captain Britain, you know, and, and all of this stuff with Morgana Le Fay, I guess I keep trying to, I, I, I keep, you know, this is my read on the carnival-esque uh, in this, is is that um, Excalibur is supposed to be British, <laughs> right? It's supposed to be England, and, and, and something about the other world, the other world being, and this kind of, tales of magic and the mythology, the Arthurian mythology mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. That is where some mm, anti-authoritarian authoritarian energies lie in that world. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, I'm just, you know, I don't know. I've been to England once. You know, like, yeah. I, I don't really, but, I, but it, it does feel a little bit like maybe that's trying to plumb or explore a kind of place where spiritual energies are tied to like uh, manifestations in in a physical material world and and trying to mess with that and and that seems to me of a piece with um the the way um that sort of sacred and profane um yeah are being played with too um so but actually as storytelling <laughs> so for maybe many obvious reasons i love jubilee <laughs> i'm really glad when jubilee's around and um i don't know to me the characters are compelling enough and they're compellingly enough written that I'm I'm still aboard with Excalibur a lot. Um, really, there's only one book on this list that we'll get to that I, you know, I kind of fallen off of yeah. reading first day out. But um, this one isn't it. I, I do like it. I, I'm staying with it. Yeah, there's a couple instances where 
And I don't know if it's the, I enjoy Marcus Toe, but mm-hmm. like there's sometimes where I think the, the art isn't lending the storytelling any favors. Huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know if it's, you know, if, if we're dealing with a fantasy genre, yeah, mm-hmm. I think I might appreciate a, an artist that's more attuned to like fantasy, huh, a fantasy yeah. l- feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Alan Davis was great at that. You know, he made his, sure. you know, Excalibur was, you know, famous. Right. Uh, right. Excalibur artist. But um, so, yeah, I just feel like uh, it's not quite clicking yet. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful, you know, it's, Maybe, yeah. it's doing some it's doing some things that I like. So. Right. Um, I really love Richter's turn. Um, although his, you know, they kind of, you know, he, Apocalypse just has a conversation with him and his powers are back. That would seem a little. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand that at all, but whatever, sure. it's comics. So Yeah, right. <laughs> whatever, it's comics. The new title of this podcast. So for now, you know, it's, it's a fool, but uh-huh. I think it could be a king with some time. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, un- understandable uh, sentiments. Yeah. So what's what's the next book? Are we doing, uh, let's see. Oh, uh, X-Force. Yeah? Let's, let's talk about X-Force. X-Force, yeah. Yeah. Um, under the pen of uh, uh, ben, ben Percy and with the ben Joshua Percy. Kassara. Kassara art, I, yeah. I got to credit this book as the one who's, who's my opinion has turned around the most on. Um, mine too the first issue i was kind of like what is yeah what are we doing here you know um i mean it had it felt good yeah it felt like really i'm not into like hyper violence or anything like that that's not my bag right uh it's fine you know i watch violent movies and yeah but i think violent violence in art and especially in comic art kind of turns me off for, for reasons i'm not even sure other than that, I just it's I don't find it appealing, and so the, the this first issue had that you know had some pretty yeah. violent stuff. Yeah, I was like ah, this is not why I read X Men. You know, that's right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. and and then Joshua Kassara is the right artist for that in that he has absolutely kind of like muddy flavor, you know, and yeah, it does feel really fleshy and um, uh, <laughs> and then I'm gonna pull back on 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 our Bakhtin here, and and yeah. I think part of what might turn me around was. I mean, they're just so direct about like, oh, we're straight up taking chunks of Domino, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? and, yeah, and 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 that's part of what's going on here. And then when the mission becomes clearer, and of course, you know, they're gonna bring back Xavier from death. That whole body horror grotesquerie—that's yeah. part of the carnivalesque idea too. And then like kind of playing and toying with death and life. Um, and even that, and even they you know forge becomes a character and even yes. if you want to talk about like body horror like even krakoa's yeah. body becoming yeah. like these like mech suits and weapons yeah. and all like really look fleshy looking even though like yeah. plant plant flesh but you yeah. know just really like bizarre you know uh body you know yeah. shapes yeah. just yeah. really and his art is really perfect and the colors are fantastic i've just I can flip yeah. through the pages and, uh, you know, I, now I, I got to look up the colorist. <laughs> uh, Dean White, right? Yeah, Dean White. Yeah, just doing a great job on colors, making it really <coughs> pop. Yeah, uh, yeah. Unlike, uh, you know, some of the other books, I think it, it really pops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And I mean, what the story is up to is right, like as has been with like Remender X Force, like this is the down and dirty side mm-hmm. of the work that's got to be done. And you know, you got Domino, right, like finding her way into that somehow. But certainly yeah. Logan, prominently part of this, yeah. you know, because he's got his body has got to be ripped apart and reconstituted over and over again. <laughs> um, that's just what they do. Um, and then our, our 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 enemies here, you know, it just is the grungy dirty mm-hmm. in the in the in the it's mud. black ops versus black ops you know yeah that's right yeah. that's right and um and so i at least one of the things it's really kind of playing with is like there's a, always the dark fleshy underbelly to mm-hmm. everything and we're gonna explore that that's where we're gonna play and so yeah it's probably not for everybody and gen- it's usually not for me but i guess if i would not be reading this x-force book in isolation um, but as a flavor within the overall docs, overall doxology, <laughs> I think that's I like absolutely it. right. Taken as a yeah. taken separately, I would not be reading this book. Yeah, yeah. And it's that's no you know uh, slight on the artists or writers or sure. the you know the creative team. It's just not t- my typical cup of tea. But I think it really right. fits in well with with the overall you know carnival. Yeah, of, yeah. Of of the books. Yeah, I mean, you might even say you're not really doing carnival right if there's not a part of it that's just like yeah, grotesque crap, crap and blood, you know, yeah. and body and yeah, yeah, uh, sinew excretions. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it, um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and Beast in the book has been uh, a fun character to explore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's not a character I would consider to be, you know, an X Force uh, member. So. Yeah, yeah, right. Unusual for this, but if this is about um, sort of like taking the, uh, this is maybe part of something we can keep talking about too. Like a, a lot of these books are, like, so Beast is fascinating because he's such a physical character, right? I mean, his whole mm-hmm. mutation is about f- this changed physicality to a kind of almost monstrous thing, but he winds up being a life of the mind character. He's the brain, you know? Yeah. Um, and back to like the, the idea of Xavier and, and, and his brain and Cerebro and, and all this kind of stuff. Like just, you know, I think part of um, the, the carnival impulse is to take the, the mind off its peg a little bit, off its pedestal, you know, and yeah. mix it in with the body. Like we're not going to live in our head so much as, yeah. as put the head back where it belongs as part of our flesh, you know? Yeah. Um, and Beast being here, I think, is a little bit of a signal to that, you know. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now, now, yeah. Oh, wait, wait. We gotta give we gotta give the X Force a king. That's a king. That's right. right? We crowned okay. it. We like it. Uh, uh, and now Fallen uh, Angels. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're like, uh. Yeah. Do you want to so, start? Or do you want me to start? Well, let's let's go ahead and start. All right, yeah. and and maybe I can start by touting some virtues, I guess. You know, yeah. like I like that, and and I think this was problematic in issue one, and and Brian Hill even acknowledged some of this in social media. But this just the way that, um, as a character who's experienced, I don't know, you know, fictional trauma and mm-hmm. and stuff like that, the way that um, Psylocke is 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 rendered. But let's, I I, I like to applaud. <laughs> that Psylocke is given some space to be explored, you know? Yeah. 
uh, and maybe some things to be uh, try attempted to be retrieved as a character. And, and when we say Psylocke, is she going by Psylocke or is she Quanon? No. Or sorry, Quanon. Yeah, right. yeah. Which yeah, is, I'm not. Again, I, I really, I, I kind of tuned out. So. I don't really know exactly. Yeah, yeah. Again, convoluted backstory. Yeah. Right? Not Betsy Braddock, but not Quanon. Betsy. Yeah. 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 The. Yeah. Yeah. And so I mean, we got we got Quanon. We have X twenty three. Um, we have Cable, Young Cable. Baby cable, yeah. Yeah, baby. So there's maybe reasons why this would be interesting. Um, and uh... you know, I, I <laughs> honestly, you know, and I hate to interject all here already because no, I'm sure. You, I don't, I don't think that's a recipe for interesting. I think mm, mm-hmm, anytime mm-hmm. you put three of the same flavors in anything, it's, <laughs> it's, it Dull, right? that instantly <laughs> right. is boring. That bores right. me. Like. Right. Throw anybody else in there. Like, I don't need three. Even on okay, so we're talking about a Black Ops team, right? In X Force, we have your normal guys. You have, you know, Forge and Wolverine and Domino, right? And then you have Kid Omega, (laughs) and then you have (laughs) Beast, and you have Jean Grey, and like unexpected people to to create dynamism yeah 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 yeah. and it's and it goes back to carnival you know you have your heaven and your hell it it, when those two meet there is conflict sure uh now in carnival it's less conflict and just more like playing off of one another and enjoying their the same space well you could have that too but when it's all the same flavor what are you really saying what are you really Mm -hmm. doing how are you really Mm -hmm. have showing dynamism Mm. And I think that what the writer is going for is a really kind of cerebral mm. uh, look in these characters, or specifically X twenty three and Quanon. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I, you know, not to go too far into this, but I don't mm. think he's, I don't think it's being pulled off mm. with the skill mm-hmm. it wants to be pulled off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, and I guess that's why it feels, it feels like you, we didn't exploit the whole opportunities that Don of X was providing. Right. In fact, I think, you know, you, you know, I've talked a little bit beforehand on this, but it feels like a book that maybe predates Don of X and is, is kind of maybe shoehorned into the line just because it's a good writer who has Mm -hmm, done mm -hmm. good projects before. Yeah. Yeah, We like right. Edward Hill stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, maybe it's, it's, a you know a relic or i don't want to say relic but a a a project of an earlier time Mm -hmm. that you know did couldn't you uh, maybe you could do this as a as a mini series apart from don of x but what would be the point Mm -hmm. so you want the book to sell for sure so you got to tie it into the line that is selling Mm. so yeah Mm. i'm just not sure why it's here yeah unfortunately and and this might be my hindsight being twenty twenty. Like if you'd asked me off after issue one without hearing anything about sales or appeal or critical commentary, I don't know mm-hmm. that I would have picked this out as the one that didn't you know fly. It seems like <laughs> to to extend the fallen angels. Metaphor. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I I think it is right due for cancellation. It's it's ending after six or something like that. I, I heard. I've, I, yeah, um, I've heard that rumor. He's you know the writer has said it's destined for. Uh, the story's not yet done, so uh, okay. like it may be picked up at some other point. Okay, but got it. 
I don't. I, <laughs> it, I I find it. You know, I I said it online. I said, I'm not sure how Betsy and Quanan got separated. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about much of Laura Linney's backstory. I, you mm-hmm. know, I didn't read much much of the X Files in the past five to seven years that mm-hmm. she's been around. Yeah, and I had no idea how Baby Cable became Baby Cable. We're like, <laughs> where, where's where's regular Cable? Like, where's the old man Cable? Sure. Right. And the the major failing of this book is, and maybe it's not supposed to. Maybe they've been around, but this book didn't make me care enough to figure out what, what <laughs> how it happened, like where mm. how these characters got to this point. So mm-hmm. I think that's that's damning in and of itself. So mm-hmm. so this one you have. Uh... Kind of this fool. is again it's a fool i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> um uh yeah i guess i mean you know, i'm still subscribed <laughs> um <laughs> brian edward hills you know some of his stuff and his image stuff i i, I didn't necessarily it wasn't necessarily my thing i loved american carnage mm-hmm. um i he, he gets a lot of rope from me i think um yeah and simon kajanski's art I think it is a similar to feeling to me as you were saying, like, yeah, it, it, it worked. It, it, he fits this story, I think, but it, yeah, Definitely. the question is what you're saying. Like, is this story what I want right now? Or is this yeah. what I'm interested in exploring? And I do have a little, a little more maybe attachment and, and back background to at least to, to X 23. Um, and, and, but again, yeah, I don't know. Um, same. <laughs> <laughs> But I think we can end on a, on a on a high note. I think we're gonna end on a positive note. Uh, this this last book is a book that was when it was announced was easily my favorite of the books announced. Mm. Um, I'm not familiar with uh, Matteo Lali's art before mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. but I like Jerry Duggan. He's yeah. a good person in comics and out of comics. Mm-hmm. He's uh, just a really uh, entertaining writer. Mm. And uh, the book is Marauders. Um, yeah. It basically has every one of my favorite X Men in it. <laughs> I love. This is your I guest. love. Yeah, I love Kate Pride. I love Storm, Bishop, uh, Iceman. Just, mm. just all of my favorites. And it mm-hmm. it really uh, has, I think, probably the most transgressive idea, mm. or or, you know, uh, uh, pitch. Mm. Uh, pitch line for the book is that in this new world uh, mutants can't get to Krakoa that easily for reasons of various reasons but mostly the the governments that of these countries that are maybe adversarial towards right towards mutants right and so the marauders are there uh, as a basically a mutant trafficking pirate ship <laughs> right and they're also pirating they're also pirating drugs into yeah. countries that can't get the the life-saving drugs that the mutants have developed yeah so it's just a really bold idea filled with just like everything you want from uh uh what hickman has has to offer so far yeah yeah and um yeah it's it's been it, it started it started a little slow there's some politicking yeah. involved right. and so I wasn't sure that I was on board after mm. the first couple issues but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really come around to it so. 
Yeah, yeah. I liked it uh, a lot. Um, and, mm-hmm. and it's full of ideas and full of docs-ish ideas. Uh, you know, to me, we talked about Xavier being the emblem of like the, the flip. But yeah. there's probably no, uh, you know, no one else to me that that's represents that better than Kate, not Kitty, Pride as yeah. a pirate. You know, like I've gotten used to, you know, of course, we all know the Shadow Cat kid and we all like, well, not all, <laughs> but we got used to Kitty Pride, the school, schoolmaster, you know, school, yeah, school yeah. mistress and, yeah. and the responsibility taking Kitty Pride. But I think Kate Pride as the pirate is um, yeah. emblematic of the, all the like. You know, up down, and I think for a lot of a lot of people, especially you know people of a certain age, namely ours, you know, Kitty Pride was you know we grew up with her, you know, yeah, yep. and so to not only have her you know go from responsible to still responsible, but like in a free you know you know a uh, uh, Jack Sparrow kind of way, yeah, <laughs> uh, very carnival esque, very, uh, right. but. Right. Um, to also turn the very nature of her on its head yeah, as being exactly. one of the only mutants, maybe the only mutant that can't access yeah. the gates. I mean, this is, she can get anywhere. That's the point. That's like the yeah. point of the character. Yeah. She can slide in anywhere, but the, you know, she can't hear she which can't is, where everyone's she going. Exactly. Go yeah. 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 And, you know, and I don't know if you know the, of the rumor of like the fact that she may be not a mutant. Oh yeah. I there mean, was, there was a no. plant. <laughs> there was a plant in before Hickman's time that. Uh-huh. Oh, it was an event in an Avengers issue where that Tony Stark found out that there was a human posing as a mutant. Oh, okay. Uh huh. And I don't know what that means. Uh, this is all conjecture. But again, mm-hmm. this would definitely throw Kate Pride or what we know Kate Pride on its head. Um, yeah. Yeah. As being this, you know, the only mutant who can't be a mutant, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. live the full life of of the of the mutants. So yeah, yeah. But it's been it's it's been an incredible uh, uh, journey with with her seeing her kind of like react. She she's doing a lot of reacting in this mm. this because there's a lot of new things being thrown at her, like part of the Hellfire Club and. <laughs> pirating a ship and yeah. you know uh, being uh kind of watched over by two omega level mutants you know uh, people uh, who are uh. scared that she will not because she can't get in to uh, Krakoa that maybe she's not able to be resurrected either which is yeah. a fun and thrilling playing with the you know the death and the rebirth yeah. aspect of of carnivalesque but also of 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 Krakoan lifestyle. So, yeah. 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 No, that's awesome. I, I, I like that analysis. Um, and, you know, to just round it out, the rest of the cast and Bobby Iceman being who Bobby Iceman is right now, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Character who's undergone revolutions of, of his own, you know? Yeah. And, uh, um, and Emma Frost. Like, so we, we got ourselves a, and, all the business with the Shaws. Yeah. Uh, we got ourselves a good, a good amount of flipping things on its head. And, um, it's, it's fun. It's a fun book. Well-run book. It is fun. I, I've yeah. really come around on it. I know, I know there, and I've seen this online, there are issues with, with, uh, coloring. Yeah. 
right and, storms, and i think it i think it yeah i think it needs to be addressed even uh, by us because i agree yeah. like it it seems odd you know and i i i'm not a colorist i'm not in that position so i don't know how hard it is to uh adapt your style or to learn mm-hmm. you know to grow as an artist but i think <clears throat> i think editorial needs to address it for sure mm-hmm. yeah I mean, comics uh, uh, keeps getting a good dose of of American based artists, but then a healthy inflow of European and mm-hmm. Asian artists. Um, mm-hmm. We we uh, <laughs> no surprise, <laughs> you know that like we yeah. fail at that representation uh, a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's 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 unfortunate, but um, yeah. Gotta we'll change, like we'll you said. yeah we, we all we all have to adapt yeah yeah um i think that uh, marauders is a great note to end on too because um uh, of the books who are exploiting um how different all this can be and presenting us with something new but that feels of a piece with the x the mutant questions mm-hmm. that you know start as early as the lee and kirby um this one's doing it new and and different and and to me right so king king absolutely <laughs> um yeah anything else to say johnny i mean we're getting in at at a good good about 2 hours right now a little under hours, so. <laughs> i uh i thank the listeners for sticking with us uh, hopefully yeah. they hopefully they uh follow along on this on this journey and kind of uh, they they go check out Rob Lay and his world and yeah. <laughs> dig through every chapter and no I I definitely think that there's there's some fun to be had with with lit theory comics doesn't have to mm. just be silly comics we can we can we can put some I, we can put some real work into <laughs> thinking the way we think about these comics uh, even even superhero comics yeah yeah and also that comics even when they are silly fun um are doing something which yeah. I think is exactly what uh Bakhtin and and carnival is is carnivalesque is saying so so let's revisit this island <laughs> sometime Definitely. in the in the times to come and somewhere or another we can keep checking in and and making carnivalesque carnivalesque a thing hashtag carnivalesque <laughs> and um and a couple weeks from now, we'll be back. Me and Johnny will be back reading more comics and, and dishing with you all about it. So thanks for joining us. <laughs>